Good morning, church. It is great to be here with you this morning as we begin our Equip series. Um, But I just want us to just bow our head and just commit this time to God. Lord, I thank you that you are our God. And I just pray that as we come together as a church, Lord, that you will prepare us to hear what you have to say for us. Lord, I pray that you will speak your words this morning. And I pray for each and every one, myself included, hearing what you have to say, that we will be transformed, that your word will speak into us. In the name of Jesus, amen. Well, when I was 19, I took a summer job for about eight weeks, and I worked at Padley's Chicken Factory in a a place near Sleaford in Lincolnshire. And so for eight weeks, all I can say is it was good money, um, was that we got bussed in from Coningsby with all the other Padley's workers, and we got to this factory. And on arrival, we had to be equipped for our tasks. And bearing in mind, I was going to be stood in um, with my other workers, um, fridge temperatures for about eight hours chopping chicken thighs. We had to layer up. So Padley's provided many, many layers. And we put them on, and then the, the final one was a big puffer jacket. Um, and then I put my red hairnet on that identified me as a student, aka she may need help. And um, I put my oversized wellies on so that I could put additional pairs of socks on, and I waddled out to my production line. And there they gave me a chainmail glove to, that I would put under my ru- uh, blue rubber gloves uh, to prevent any loss of fingers as I chopped those chicken thighs. And all I can say is, I've never felt so attractive in all my life. But Padley's had a responsibility to equip the workers ready for their daily tasks. And as we look at our Equip series, we are going to be um, looking this week at um, spiritual intimacy. How do we get to know God better? And next week, Felix is going to bring biblical knowledge. Uh, The week after, we will hear about holy obedience. And then Jason will end the series with the question, How do we know that we're growing? So this morning, I am going to start off by looking at what spiritual intimacy is and how we get to know God. You know, spiritual intimacy is that personal relationship with God. And we're looking at that, um, what it is to know God, to seek God. And it's that strong desire to want to get to know God, to trust him, to obey him, to see who he is and what he has in store for us, who we are as children of God. And I just want you for a moment to think of your most intimate relationship. It could be um, a brother, a sister, a child, a friend, your spouse. I just want you to take a moment and think of that person, the person that you would share your most intimate thoughts with. And I wondered if I ask you now, how did that relationship grow? And you would hopefully say, well, it's built on trust. It's built on care. It's a mutual thing. It's a two-way process as a relationship. They care for me, I care for them. We make time for one another. We make ourselves available. We speak well of that person. We want the best for that person. And it's a special, precious relationship. And obviously, as we spend time um, with that person, Building that relationship, hearing um, what they have to say about life, their highs, their lows, their joys, their, their dreams, their challenges. 
We get to know what makes them tick. We get to know that person. And you might say today, um, oh, we might say in in our church family, oh, I know that person really well. You might say, they work at such a place, they live at such a place. But you might know about them, but do you actually know them? Because there is a big difference between knowing about somebody and really having a deeper understanding of who that person is because we can all put on our game face. We have those times, don't we, when we're having a really rough time and we can go in somewhere, but we, we can smile and we can say we're fine, but those closest to us, they know. They read our body language. They know what we're feeling inside because they've taken the time to get to know us. And it's hard to have an intimate or personal relationship with anyone, including the Lord, if we only meet with them one hour on a Sunday. I want us just to think for a moment about a baby. So when a baby's born, it needs nutrients, it needs food in order to grow into a child and then on into an adult. And we put the right kind of nutrients into its life. And as it grows, it grows stronger and healthier and bigger. And then it gets to a point where its appetite increases. You know, I know this well in my house because sometimes as I do my weekly food shop, I bring it home, I unpack it, and within a couple of hours, half the food's already been eaten. And I know it's not by me. Um, But I've watched my children grow. I've seen their appetites grow. And I want to make an admission here. I am not blessed with cooking skills. I know that many of you here, you only have to look in the kitchen uh, and you open the cupboards and you see a few different ingredients and you can make master chef style food. Yeah, I can't. And I'm in awe of you people. But I try. I do try. And I'll say to my family sometimes, I'm going to try something new for tea tonight. And I, get, I see the look of fear in their eyes. <laughs> and they, that fear increases when I say, it's going to be healthy. Because sometimes they'll come along and they'll say, how's it going? Yeah, because they want a little bit of a, do we need to get a snack? Um, and I'll say, it's going to be healthy. And they know when I say that, that means it's going to taste awful. But I care about their, spir- their, their, their physical diet. I want to put goodness into their bodies. And I know that they will thank me one day. But it's important, isn't it? to have a healthy spiritual diet. And unlike my cooking skills, when we enter into the presence of God, we will have a wonderful encounter. It will feed us nutritionally into our soul, into our spirit. Um, And I want us to really just look at what it is, what are the factors that determine our spiritual maturity. So we're gonna start from the beginning. We're going to look at the first time that we meet with God, when we accept him as Lord in our lives, when we recognize and we've sung the songs this morning, we understand that Jesus died for us, and we, we understand that he's Lord of our lives. Then we begin our faith journey. And God invites us to draw close. He doesn't force us. It says in James 4, 8, come close to God and God will come close to you. God is our father and we are his child. How much more does he want us to grow in love with him? How much more does he want us to to grow stronger 
in our understanding and who he is. And because of his great love for us, we read in Jeremiah, I have loved you with an everlasting love. I have drawn you with loving kindness. And we see this love in action in, in John 3, 16. For God so loved the world that he gave his one and only son. Oh, that whoever believes in him will not perish, but have eternal life. And this is where our faith journey begins. Then we begin our spiritual maturity as we build that relationship. And just like the prodigal son, our father has his arms open wide. He has them open wide for you to run into today. He's there waiting for you this morning. And we can come humbly into his arms, into his presence, into that holy place, the curtain torn in two, so that we have access into the holy of holies through the cleansing blood of Jesus Christ. What a place. For God knows us and he sees us, whether we're alone or whether we're here today together. And so I want to bring us to our passage this morning. What an incredible psalm that David writes. Psalm 63, written by King David, a man who through his life experienced some incredible blessings, but some immense lows. He had many, many failings, sin, hurt, pain, difficulties. But during this time in his life is where we read this passage during his reign, his son, Absalom, he's leading a rebellion against him. He wants his father killed. And so King David flees for his life with many of his men. And at this time, David spent a short time in the wilderness in Judah, in this barren land. He had an uncertain future. He probably felt rejected, disgraced. And yet this psalm shows the heart of a man under pressure. We see the importance of his relationship and commitment to God in finding comfort and strength. And I know if I face this kind of pressure that David is experiencing, I don't think I'd be writing a song. In fact, I know I would be sending a very urgent prayer request, like, God, please let me out of here alive. But David, it's really interesting to see what is he doing? He is seeking the presence of God. In fact, not only that, he doesn't ask for anything. He just wants to meet with the Lord. This passage helps us to see David's heart. And I want us to look at David and his relationship with the Lord so that we can emulate that in our lives and have that for ourselves. So let's look at verse 1. Because the first point that I want to bring this morning is that David knew God personally. We see it in verse 1 because what does he say? Oh God, you are my God. It's not a distant God. You're my God. And we use that word my when we're referring to family members, to close members. We might talk about our son or our daughter. Could be anybody, but we use that word my spent time building a relationship. And we know through the Psalms that David regularly spent time in the presence of God, seeking him, coming to him. And he had encountered God's provision and forgiveness 
and blessing time and time again. So he had a foundation. He knew that in his times of trouble, he just needed to seek God. He needed to seek the Lord. You know, we will never know everything there is to know about God because he's an infinite person. And I don't know where you are on your journey, where you are in your relationship with God, whether you're at the beginning or you've been walking many years. But I want to encourage you today. David had walked with the Lord for many years, and yet he thirsted for more. We will never get to the end. Isn't that incredible? There are always things that we are going to discover about our Lord God Almighty. So how can we know God personally like David? Well, the first thing I want to bring is that we get to know him through (coughs) devotional prayer. And I'm not talking quick fix. I'm just going to fire up a few second prayer. I'm talking about making time for God in your lives. Matthew 6, 6 says, but when you pray, go to your room, close the door, pray to your father who is unseen. Then your father who sees what is done in secret will reward you. There's a time when we can be praying in the Tesco queue, in the car, when we're doing different things. But there is, a, there is a crucial time in our day when we need to come before the Lord without the distractions of what is going on around us. Where we can experience that real intimacy with God. Where we can hear our Savior's heart for us. Where we can get to know the one who created us. And that's any time you can come before God, bringing your praise, bringing your worship, expressing your love. Secondly, David pursued God alone. David had fled from the throne. He'd left everything behind. He'd left his family, his kingdom. And yet he wasn't praying and seeking for God to fill that void. No, God, say, uh, David prays this. He says, oh, Earnestly I seek you. I thirst for you. My whole being longs for you. Your love is better than life. What incredible statements. David didn't neglect God in his time of difficulty, in this awful situation. He didn't need to seek the advice of his men. He went to his source. And there's a determination here. Earnestly seek. He earnestly sought the Lord. um, I will praise you as long as I live. In your name, I will lift up my hands. I will cling to you. Because it goes on to say, your right hand upholds me. David made it a priority to spend time alone with God. The fact is, we can fill our time with other people, other relationships, and they all have their place. We have our friends, our family, and that's wonderful. There is a place for them. But do you know what? They were never intended to satisfy your soul. God is our priority. But sometimes we can squeeze God to one side. And we run to God when we need something, and he can become our quick fix God. We just come to him, and I guess in our own relationships, if we only went to somebody when we needed their help, it would become very one-sided. And then there are other distractions, again, all of which have their place, work, hobbies, sport, TV, everything like that. But each and every one of them was never meant to satisfy our soul. Only God can do that. 
And David knew this full well. In verse 5, he says, I will be fully satisfied as with the richest of foods. With singing lips, my mouth will praise you. And David goes on to say in verse 6, I cling to you. Your right hand upholds me. David's eyes are 100% on God. He's given, he's given, um, David's given God center place in his life. And his relationship has grown. So how do we pursue God alone? When we love God, we want to make time for him. And sometimes it's difficult and sometimes we have busy different situations. But we make time. We have a privilege and a delight to meet with the Lord of all, King of kings, mighty God. And I've already spoken about the importance of prayer, of worship, of praise. But you know, fundamentally, we also need to read the word of God, God's love letter to us. Felix is going to be speaking more on this next week, so do come and hear. But faith comes by hearing and hearing the word of God. It is transformational. It is the renewing of our minds. We need to read and study what God has for us. And another vital spiritual requirement is to enjoy regular fellowship together as a family of Christ. Brothers and sisters, as iron sharpens iron, as we do, as we come together, fitted together as family. We get to hear how God is working in each other's lives. And it builds us up. We see the power of God in one another's lives. And thirdly, David trusted God. In verse 7, we read that because David knows where his help and his provision come from. And he, and he says, for you have been my help. And in the shadow of your wings, I sing for joy. My soul clings to you. Your right hand upholds me. God was David's help. David knew where his help came from. And I was thinking about this. I was thinking about how David must have felt as best I could. Which on paper, his dire circumstances. But he knew that he could sing in the shadow of the wings of his loving father. Because he knew that God's powerful Supreme strength and power would sustain him. In Isaiah, we read this often at Christmas 9, 6. It says, and he will be called Wonderful Counselor, Everlasting Father, Prince of Peace. This is who David meets with. And because of this, David is even able to sing in these terrible circumstances isn't that incredible that David can draw on this because he knows God, he trusts in him, he spent time with him. As we think and meditate on what God has done for us, his sacrificial love for us, it will impact our hearts. As we reflect on all that he has done, it will change us. I keep a journal I've kept a journal for many, many years. And I often look back. You know, sometimes when I'm going through difficulties and I look back and I see the hand of God in so many situations because I've gone back and I've written when God has answered. And sometimes it's been years before I've seen God. And sometimes the answers are not as I'd thought they would be. But it has encouraged me. And when we reflect on what, who God is and what he has done, we come before him with a heart of gratitude and praise. 
So building an intimate relationship, as with any relationship, takes time and intentionality. We need to prioritize God. We need to focus our minds on him because my mind easily wanders. And I want to focus on the one. I want to come before God in devotion. Not out of obligation, but out of a heart of love. I want to give of myself and, I, and give my time. And I'm saying this to us this morning, to give you time, to be consistent, to make it daily. And as you commit to this relationship, you will experience the greatest love of all time. You will have strength in the storms and hope for your future. And I just want to give an example of a time, the times when I've encountered the presence of God. And I'm going to start off by saying when they haven't been. So they haven't been when I've come and thought of my quiet time as a tick box exercise. Tick, done, day, start. They've not been when I have multitasked God during my prayer time. And I've thought, I can do all these different things and I'm just praying and that's great. God knows. Or when I've brought my checklist for the millionth time of all the things that I want God to answer for me. That I've even bored myself. But I have done all these things more than once. I'm a slow learner. But whilst it's great to see God at work in our daily lives, and I'm not removing those things, there is time when we just have to be unrushed, spending, God in, spending time with God, in, with God in his presence. And I, when I've done this, I have um, just encountered his love. I've imagined God holding my hand, bending down towards me as a father or a mother to a child, caring for me. And I visualize that because that helps me. And it's, it's been some really blessed times. And I want to say that there's times when I come before God and um, I come with a heart of gratitude and a heart of praise because of the incredible lavish love that God has bestowed upon me. And I have wept tears of, thank, of a thankful heart. But there's also been times when I've come to God broken, broken by life's challenges and I have found God's strength and comfort. But there are times when I've read a passage in the Bible, when I've had a prayer time, I've listened or sung a worship song, I haven't felt anything. And that's okay. Do you know God's still working even if you don't feel anything? Growth takes time. God is still ministering to you. So just don't give up. Make God your priority. And my heart this morning is to encourage us and for everyone watching online to into a deeper, more intimate relationship with our Lord and Savior. We know when our phones need charging because we get a warning sign. Mine's off. It's okay. It's not going to ring. Um, we get a warning sign and it says um, low power mode. Mine says low power mode. Um, and I don't want my life to be low power mode. Um, and anyway, this week I was, I normally keep my phone pretty much towards the 100% as best I can. But I was sat watching telly in the comfort of my home. I was tired and I was on the sofa and it was low. It was like 5%. And I was watching telly and I was texting. You know when you have those like text conversations with a friend and you're just watching telly. And I could not be bothered 
to get up and charge it. And I kept pushing it. I was thinking, it's fine. It'll last a bit longer. And I was watching it go down. Four, three, two. And then I said to myself, it's fine. One percent lasts ages. It doesn't. And it went blank. And do you know, I looked at the phone like it was the phone's fault. Like, and I also thought, why has this happened? I know why it's happened. It's not been charged. It needed its power. And in our lives, there are times when we wonder why we feel flat. And there are times when we say, where is God? And I understand that there are times when we can ask that question, but there are times when it's because we haven't tapped into the power source of our one and living almighty God. And we need, it is crucial to our spiritual growth. It is crucial to our spiritual walk with our heavenly father to plug into our Heavenly Father, and we meet with him on a daily basis. My phone needs charging every day. I need charging every day. I need to come before King of Kings, the Lord of all. And so I want to encourage you today to keep us close to 100%. Don't let it drop. Don't let it go, five, four, three, because I tell you, you will feel depleted. You will struggle with the things that you're facing in life because you're never designed to go without your power. And so today, I want to say that God's charge is available 24-7, and it never fails. And if I was to ask you this week what your relationship is like with Jesus, where you are in that, what would you say? If you looked at your past week, your month, the diary, does it reflect your priority? Does it reflect that Jesus is your priority? This morning, after looking at Psalm 63, we can clearly see that seeking God is essential. And if it isn't essential for you today, can I encourage you in making it so like David? Sometimes we can feel unworthy, can't we, to come into the presence of God? And do you know that's a lie? Because not one of us is worthy. But God wants us to come in, warts and all. Doesn't matter what we've done, doesn't matter how we are. God knows, and he's crying out with his own arms open wide to welcome you this morning into his presence. David, a man after God's own heart, sinned greatly, but he came to God for forgiveness and sought him all the more. And perhaps you're at the beginning of your relationship with God. Maybe you're further along. We'll never get to the end of this relationship, this beautiful, most perfect relationship. And I want to challenge us all this week, wherever we are on this journey, you can commit time every day to God, for you to seek God alone. Maybe just a few minutes, build it up, but make that your priority. I'm going to invite the band up, and I'm just as they come, I'm going to just give a few helpful tips, tips that I am still learning. I am speaking this into myself as much as I am to you. Don't do all the talking. I love to talk. God hears my voice a lot. And I am learning to listen. Secondly, position yourself away from temptation or distraction. I know things come at us all the time. And maybe it's removing your phone. I know we often like to read our, our um, Bible on our phone and things like that. And then messages pop through. Whatever it might be in your life, try as best you can. To focus on God and be intentional. 
It won't happen by itself. I had to get up to charge my phone when the battery died. We have to get up and we have to tap into God. We have to be intentional to make time for God, to meet with him and allow his power to sink into our spirit. Let's access the beauty of our Father, his radiance, his majesty. All he's done for us by entering into his presence. Today, it's time to get connected.